0: One. Basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is sponsored by Matt Rock, Murat Verdi, and Nicholas Payton. This is episode 322. Thanks to the Respect Sextet for the theme music to this show. They're online at respectsextet.com. Please buy their records and tell them I sent you. Thanks also to Dave Vrabel, who designed the show's logo. He's online at twitter.com slash Dave Vrabel, V-R-A-B-E-L. Thanks to All About Jazz for carrying the show on their website, allaboutjazz.com, and they've got a widget you can install on your site. And if you do, please let me know because I'll feature you in my newsletter. This show is member-supported, and that means I need you to help keep it going. There are several different membership levels, both monthly and yearly, and right now we're running a special offer for the next two people who sign up at the middle or top monthly or yearly level, assuming two people haven't already done that. By the time you hear this show you'll receive a copy of anthony wilson's cd dvd set seasons so again that's the monthly or yearly level at either the middle or the top level and you'll receive a copy of that dvd the next two people since i've come to new york i've seen the pianist matt mitchell in many different contexts and always really enjoyed him and finally had a chance to sit down with him when he was in town recently from his home base in philadelphia We'll hear that conversation in just a minute after some music from pianist Matt Mitchell. My guest is the pianist and composer, Matt Mitchell. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, uh, I, I'm not really sure where to start with you exactly, but uh, one place I'd like to talk about is I saw you at Corzo, not the most recent time, but the time before that when you did both some solo music and some duet music with mm-hmm. Chess Smith. And one thing you said I thought was kind of cool uh, during the show was that you had you had written a bunch of pieces that you didn't really intend to to be performed necessarily, or to be performed in that duet setting, and it kind of happened because Chess was interested in learning them. Right. And so, I, I guess I wonder why. Why did you write them? And then did did something change in your approach to them once it became time to perform them with another human being and in front of
1: people? I wrote them because I wanted. I guess as, it was as as it came out of the way I practice. Uh, when I practice piano. You know, practice piano. It was like specifically piano technique, getting you know my piano facility. And I kind of wanted to. I've always kind of practiced classical music ever since I was, you know, ever since I started playing piano when I was really young. And um, lately, well, I guess by lately I mean in the past year and a half or so, I decided that I wanted to kind of come up with some things to practice that were maybe a little more directly directly related to what I wanted to try to do as an improviser. Um, and I thought maybe the best way to do that would be to just write myself some, some p- little pieces, basically. Um, so when I say I didn't intend for them to be performed, it's not like I was against ever having them be performed. <laughs> um, but I wasn't, you know... I basically didn't know where, I mean, I kind of had this loose idea I was just going to write myself a bunch of these really short pieces that were quite, you know, specifically were difficult in some way. So I had some at least one or two obstacles to overcome in trying to learn how to play them. You know, like how, you know, I'd been practicing like a lot of Chopin etudes, which I still would like to get back to at some point, but it's kind of you know now that i'm in this, in this sort of pro, in this project which we're talking about now it's hard for me to kind of go back there because i still am, i'm not done with this yet sure. so but when i was doing that it was a lot of it was like they're just these di- you know they're part of the classical music repertoire they're 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 old standbys and um they're I mean, I'm in no shape. I'm, I mean, I can't play them up to speed. But I, you know, I I can. I was getting there with a, with a few of them, and then I just thought, well, I want to kind of. What if I approach this idea, you know, but have them just to be my own, you know. I kind of originally conceived them as etudes. I kind of don't make a big deal out of them being etudes because I, you know, because sometimes people think here etude and they think, oh, it's just like a technical exercise. Right. Which well, there's a certain amount of definitely a certain amount of technical. Um, work that needs to be done to be able to play these things that I'm writing. I, I definitely am looking past that in terms of, you know, I look, I look at them these these little self-contained pieces of music that are actually more intended for the improvising pianist. You know, not only once, you know, not only do you learn the, the music on the page, but that you can kind of improvise in and out of them conceptually. Whoever has them to look at can, can do whatever they want with them. Basically, they're intended to be, you know, kind of taken apart, deconstructed, or, or whatever you want.
0: And are the obstacles in these pieces, are these things you've kind of isolated as you've played in other settings, and you've thought, oh, this is something I'd like to be able to do better, and so Sometimes.
1: On. Sometimes that. Sometimes it's just something, I, an idea that I think of in my head, and I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I mean, if, if you think about, if you consider the idea of maybe improvisation as, you know, I have I have music in my head. I mean, I don't know what how it is for other people, but I I know I have music in my head. And when I improvise, it's basically I just want the shortest path, you know, available from my head to my fingers or whatever. So sometimes I think of an idea like maybe I might be walking around. More likely than not, I'm actually just kind of walking around doing something not related to music at the time. And it's just a really vague idea. And so sometimes that, that's even enough and then I'll, that I'll... Think mm, that okay? I can maybe th- shoehorn this kind of, you know, hand positioning kind of thing in, or whatever, or something like that. So it's like—I I mean, I guess I'm kind of being vague, but it's sort of like sometimes it is born out of something physically I run up against when I'm playing, and a lot of times it's not. You know, um, a lot of times it's just sort of a concept or something. You know, sure. So, but the 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 obstacles to overcome usually are just it's like like they are in like the Chopin etudes. like a for instance like a specific kind of you know that you might have like you might work out the left hand or something like that or a certain kind of independence of both hands um just different finger finger patterns that sort of thing but I'll, but then again at the same time i'm also using viewing these as compositional a twos in a way. I'm actually working out little. Instead of trying to put everything I can think of in every piece that I write for people, <laughs> you know, I can I can use these as a way just like to isolate one little thing. Um, see if it is a little thing or if it's actually a big thing. You know, I usually find that out after I've finished it. Sure. Um, and so there are also things aside from just the actual physical. It's like they're like things how to, some of them are harder to you know, actually think about how am I going to play this? And I actually have to like do a lot of brain work before like you know if it's like some weird rhythms or something like that so they're different in different ways you know so the thing with chess is that i started when i was on tour i guess i started about a year ago now um using only these things i was writing as my practice material um when i would practice you know written music or whatever i would i would only practice this stuff just because i just want to see if it worked for me and so um gradually i started using these things as like warm ups you know on sound checks on tours you know and gigs and stuff like that and i just you know it's kind of an annoying thing for you know sometimes for a musician to to be the guy who always is like playing through the sound check but i just my ex- i just you know use it as my excuse i'm not i'm the one who's not carrying his instrument with him you know i'm subject to whatever piano is there so right. i just use it as a chance to get you know the cobwebs out and so i was practicing these things on uh, tour with Tim Byrne. and Chess is on the tour, and so there would be a couple times where these they would actually like join in playing these things, even though they didn't have the music, they would kind of play these things along with me, and it kind of sounded cool. So, so uh, yeah, and Chess, I don't remember specifically how it. I mean, Chess is just kind of he's kind of like me, and he sort of like he kind of sniffs out challenging music. He can sort of kind of, kind of tell what it's near him, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so and is into like you know just taking time and doing it for its own sake you know even if we don't have a gig we didn't have a gig planned for months and months i mean we were, we we practiced this stuff for on and off for like 5 or 6 months before i was like well we, maybe we should actually you know we've gotten this far let's actually do a gig you know so when i say that i didn't when i said i didn't intend for them to be performed i just hadn't it didn't occur to me that it would even be possible yeah i mean because i wrote these things for the like i said for the <laughs> they were deliberately like hard You know, these is you know on purpose. It's like the hardest music I've ever written, just because I wanted, you know, something to shoot for.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that Chess is your, I mean, I guess it's not, in a way it's predictable that he's the partner in crime in this, but I'm thinking back to when he was on the show, Mm -hmm. and you guys seem to have a similar approach to the craft of practicing, not Mm -hmm. just to the craft of performing, but this, he talked a lot about finding particular areas in his music or his writing that he really wanted to improve on, and so he would just spend hours working on music that facilitated that, and it sounds like a very conscious and intentional way to approach the craft, not just kind of a gig by gig. This is what I need for this show, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some of that too. Especially in the early days of me playing with Tim, there was definitely some. Um, I mean, the earlier on in my, I mean, I'm still playing with Tim, and I imagine I will be for a little bit, for for quite a while, hopefully. But early on, I it was a gig by gig kind of thing because his music was, you know, was hard enough that I needed to practice it. Because you know, Tim didn't write that stuff for piano generally either. Right. Well, not either. He just didn't write it for a piano. He just wrote it as like a high, line, you know, melody line and a bass line of sorts or whatever. And then I guess I sort of, I sort of sealed my fate when I sort of was showed that I was willing to attempt to play both at the same both lines at the same time. And then so after a while, it was just like, you know. So in that sense, there there is still a little a certain amount of you know, learning music for the gig, depending on what it is, right. but, but yeah, but a lot of it is just kind of, oh, I just want to be better at this, you know, so I just figure out how to do it, you know, I mean, there's other stuff. I mean, I don't, it's not, it's not the only stuff I practice at this point. I mean, I, you know, I still regularly practice, you know, jazz as in the, in the historical sense, you know, bebop. Well basically be Bob, I mean, right. you know I mean that the be up in the larger larger uh sense. Why do you of do the that? Word. Well because I like to play it and I want to be able to play it and um and I I you know it's just one of those things I don't want to do it if I'm not going to do it as well as I feel like I can possibly do it so and a lot of the gigs I play it doesn't really call for that as much I mean, I would say it's under the jazz umbrella, you know, like, but I'm, it's not like, you know, John Hollenbeck is not a bebop gig and Tim Burns not a bebop gig. Uh, Playing with Rudresh recently is kind of closer to that. Sure. You know, sort of, I mean, it's, I see it as coming out more than just the Coltrane kind of modal burnout kind of thing. But, but part of the reason I do it is just because I don't, if I, especially if I don't have an outlet for. For it, I'm not going to be playing it in. If I'm not playing it as much on gigs, you know, I don't want it to stagnate. So, right. Plus, I just, you know, it's it is interesting to me to do. You know, it's hard and it's it's as hard and it's in its own way as the other, whatever the my own music, whatever the crazy stuff it is that I'm doing. And you do know? you feel
0: like you're still finding new things to express oh, in that uh, language? Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. In fact, I mean, I think the better I get at it, I mean, i I feel like I'm better at it now than I ever was. You know, but. You know, I guess that's up to the listener to decide. Right. But, I mean, not that there are a lot of examples of me doing that, you know, but...
0: What what does yeah. better mean in this context? How do you... How are you I guess, I guess, it?
1: whatever, you know, if I... if Basically, if I can listen to it and not cringe, you know, <laughs> you know. Fair enough. Which is hard, for, especially with something like that. Well, and also, you know, I mean, you know, you try not to care what... You can't really care what other people think, you know, but... I feel like you know you gotta use some sort of barometer or parameter or something else ending in meter, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to decide where you know. So so at least you're, you you, you so you, you at least can feel like what you're doing, you're actually making some sort of progress. And so I guess in a way, if I can listen to a track and mostly be like, oh, that was okay, you know, you know that was I'm. I'm I'm not unhappy with that, then that's you know. Then I figure, you know, yeah, you know, then it then it'll probably be enjoyable by other people, you know. But but ultimately, it's about you know if I can enjoy it, sure, you know, you know no, that's that really th- that's really the. I mean, you want people to listen, but if you're not going to enjoy it, or if I'm not going to enjoy it, then why should I expect anyone else to? Is kind of how I look at it.
0: Yeah, you know? I have. Uh, I guess since I moved back to New York, seen you in a in a few different contexts and you play with some really strong writers, which I find really, really interesting because I think you're a strong writer and a strong thinker too. But I think of, you know, obviously Tim Burton, who you mentioned, Mm -hmm. Darius Jones, bands, you know, Hollenbeck. I mean, these are people who are, I think pretty serious writers and people who have a very fixed, I don't know about, fixed is the right word. They have a, they definitely have a musical vision, a sense of where their music is.
1: I know what you mean integrated. when you say fixed you're not trying to limit them it's just your yeah. it's it's, it's a very specific un- universe exactly. that they've they have have created identity, yeah. yeah
0: and and what is that like for you to to kind of navigate to both I always I always ask this question sometimes I'm not sure if it's a stupid question or not but to kind of both remain you know Matt Mitchell and also to be the guy they heard who they wanted to hire but to, to play in their in their world in their universe
1: Well I guess those two people you just mentioned Matt Mitchell and and that guy I I just view them as uh, the same person you know in a way (laughs) I mean just because I mean I think it's great I mean you know people say this and that say I was felt very humbled or whatever you know and that's kind of I don't know maybe it's used a lot you know but it kind of you know it kind of applies I mean I think it's, it's, it's I always you know I love the fact that people call me to play their music you know partially just because I enjoy it, you know? I mean, um, and I just, it, it is interesting. I know what you're saying because, because especially those three guys you just mentioned are so, they're so different. I mean, hugely different from each other that to try and be myself and be what, you know, I mean, I always just try to be myself. That's the bottom line. But, and I just, I just figure that I will, make whatever choice I feel is right even if it might be like a risky choice I mean in the by choice I mean in the moment to moment like while I'm playing like hmm am I gonna maybe I'll do this right now or whatever I always just decide well I, I just decide to do whatever I do and then I let them tell me if it's not cool you know because I mean I'm you know I'm good friends with all these guys now and you know I feel like they would be comfortable telling me if something wasn't cool so I just kind of go and just do it but i think they also trust that it's like you know there are certain situations where you know you certain things are more appropriate than others Mm -hmm. you know like john's music is you know there's this pretty specific element to some of those pieces i mean some pieces have very little obvious improvisation i would say you know or the improvisation is very specific you know it's like not it's almost never about i mean Really, I mean, and Tim's music it's not about soloing either. I was going to say John's music is not about soloing. I mean, but sometimes it is. You know, so maybe one piece. The improvisation is like, you know, a clarinet solo for half the piece or whatever, while everyone else in the band is playing specific stuff. But when I have room to improvise in a, say, like something by John, I mean, there's just certain the pieces already existing in a certain area, and you know, I just usually I have my instinct is to just kind of do what I think is going to. Be fair or just to the in the in the in that particular, you know, state of mind, or I mean, in that particular point for the for the for the music, you know. Um,
0: Is it kind of like being multilingual, where you you, I, you have one set of language for each of those situations and the others that you're. That you're
1: maybe about? or maybe multi or maybe maybe even a better way. Maybe it's like the difference between Scottish English and. Someone who's from Florida, right or something like that. <laughs> or like maybe it like it might be dialects or something like that I mean just actually in those three specific people you mentioned tim john and and darius i've this year i've made records with all those guys, so i've only like I've, I have lot there's lots of lots of you know bootlegs and record of tim's band, so I mean that's part of the process is that you know we we We'll do sometimes do post mortems or whatever or talk about a recent gig or whatever, and i 'll have the tape or whatever so i'm i've seen my i've i've seen how my playing has grown or or been a part of it. i'm I'm more privy to the process in a way i mean i don't have as many recordings of the other bands right. you know, but probably I have a feeling there would be more of a common thread than I would think between like if you heard a recording of me with Darius versus with John versus with Tim, you know if they feel different but or at least if, it, if they sounded really different, it was it would be an interesting in an interesting way, and not like a schizophrenic way, you know. Which I think would probably be the case, you know. I mean, I can only I can only be me, and I feel like I'm being me, you know, when I'm playing these guys.
0: Is it a challenge at all as a composer when you play with really strong composers to then not let that be what comes out of your own pen or your own?
1: Brain? No. Uh, oh well, maybe. I guess the the thing that the issue that comes out of that question you, this question is that a lot of the to, a lot of at the time I'm have Tim plays in many of these projects of mine so. For, and I've been listening to his music since well before I met him, you know. I mean, since I was eighteen, which I guess would be, you know, almost twenty years ago now. Right. So there's undoubtedly, you know, there, undoubtedly his stuff is seeped in. Even though I don't real, I don't really know how he writes, you know, exactly how he comes up with stuff. But I do know that sometimes when I'm writing music to be played specifically to play with other people, I'll notice, oh, that sounds a little more like right there for a split second it sounds a little bit more like Tim than I I mean I tried consciously to not you know I don't you know I'm looking back on old music I've written like way back like we're talking well before I even knew any of these guys like you know like high school and college I I look back at some of those pieces and I can pick I could tell you even though I even though when I was writing them it was completely unconscious I could point exactly at what what <laughs> record of by this band by what Miles record on what tune. It's like, even if it's just like one or two notes, but it's like enough to like take, you know, and I take, I may, the rest of the composition may be nothing like it, but it's like, oh man, that just totally came from that. You know, (laughs) I try to not have any sort of, I try not to write something in the style of this or that, because I just don't want it to sound exactly like that. Mm. You know? So I try to come from a pretty sort of abstract place when I start writing. So, Even when doing that, sometimes I'll come up with things that sound like something like Tim wrote, which may be hard just because I'm playing so much of his music. Um, But I've also decided that to a degree, when you have someone as strong, who's as strong an instrumental voice as him, as he has, um, I've just decided that pretty much no matter what I give him, it's going to sound like something he wrote. And I'm just okay with that because, but the reason is because that's just because he's able to just sound like himself on what i write you know and i i i'm pretty confident i wasn't sure for a minute but i'm pretty confident now that that's just because you know it's just a testament to him you know and how he's you know just his sort of singular the singularity of his voice you know and it's just you know that's how he you know he'll phrase things in a certain way and i'll think well that's you know that's how he plays and he's managing to play my music but you know, still play, yeah. know, still be himself, you know, even when it's playing, just not improvising, like playing a written line or a melody or something. It's like, well, that sounds like Tim Byrne, you know, and after a while, it's was just like, well, it is Tim Byrne right. <laughs> playing it. So there's a reason it's, you know, like it, it. <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't sound like him just because it sounds like something it's co- he could have written, You know, you know, even if it may be similar, you know, but I think at this point, there's enough differences, you know. It's undoubtedly in the same universe. I mean, uh, that's and I'm t- and I'm cool with that, you know. You got to you know everyone comes from somewhere. So but I think it's distinct enough hopefully that you know it doesn't, you know, it sounds like me or whatever, you know. If you were to hear enough other stuff of mine, you know, you would see that it sounds probably more like me than something like than like him, you know. But yes, it is tough is the yeah. is the very short answer.
0: In terms of that, uh the not playing in the style of idea mm-hmm. when you're playing bebop is that still the kind of mindset you can bring to it or do you is that a different
1: beast altogether well i mean ideally it, it is and that's probably why it's it's probably why it's something that else that it's probably why i i mean I, I the way i look at it is i'm coming at it i'm trying to arrive at the same place by coming at it in different directions, whether it's playing my music or the music of other people that I play with and then playing, it's kind of like, I mean, I don't know. It's like, there's just, there's so much, I mean, at this point, it's so vast how much music there is in, in the past, you know, and it's just kind of, it's kind of exponentially sort of mushrooming outward at this point. And, I mean, my goal is to try to just play music that I want to play um, in a way that I feel is most meaningful to me. And for me, the, what's difficult about playing bebop is I want to approach it and, you know, I want to, you know, it's like there's all this, these amazing practitioners, the, you know, obviously the masters and whatever, and, you know, I want to I be able to do it, but I also want to be able to do it in a way that's meaningful to me. Really is just about spending time listening to a lot of music. What's difficult is just that it's a time thing. There's just only so much time in the day to do everything. I mean, everyone has. I mean, you talk to ten different people and you'll, they'll give you ten different ways, you know, of how you think they think you should learn bebop. So, I would say the way I'm, I'm maybe taking the long way around with learning how to do it. You know, I spent a lot of time learning solos when I was younger. Um, usually, usually of more of people who come out of bebop, like, say, you know, the music of the mid-60s, late-60s, 70s, 80s, or whatever, you know, Herbie Hancock, Keith Jarrett, Wayne Shorter, all those guys. But, but then I started, you know, I start going backwards, and then it was like, it's about Bud Powell and whatever, those guys, so, you know, just basically whoever I feel like can help me learn how to play, get around the piano better, you know? So, I mean, it's a matter of, I would say, just doing it in such a way... Where I'm simultaneously feel like I'm getting what I should get from, you know these these guys, but also you know, I'm, you know playing myself, you know.
0: Mm. You know this. We seem to be in an age where uh, the average musician finishes the first class of the first day of their freshman year at music school and then puts out a record. And mm. you've been on a bunch of people's records, and uh, you know you have what I think is a pretty impressive and varied career. And we're still waiting for the first uh Matt Mitchell album. And in the that recent New York Times piece you, you hinted at both mm-hmm. some reasons that you mentioned explicitly and some, some right. things you didn't say explicitly. Is there a a, a method in this madness of uh, No, waiting? I wouldn't say so.
1: <laughs> I mean it, I mean if you read that article, it says that I may maybe yeah, I think it did say it. I mean I I don't know, whatever. I mean people have different People have different ways about going about things. I just decided when I was young I just didn't ever want to play a gig that I didn't want to play, you know. I only wanted to play music that I wanted to play, which sounds really circular and idiotic if you if you really think about the words, but <laughs> but what it meant practically is like I didn't want to play like utilitarian gigs, you know, anything where I just was unhappy with the music I just didn't want to do. So I just removed myself from I just – I literally would rather – and I and still would rather just you know – I'd rather work a day job or I had nothing to do with music so I can just approach music how I want to p- approach it. Which
0: you, in fact, did do for a long time even no, though you had these high-profile gigs, right? Yeah.
1: To- well, this was before I had high-profile gigs, okay. I would say. Um, that was part of the issue. I mean, if mm-hmm. I had even some of them back then, I might have maybe gone a different route. But, I mean, I don't regret having done it. In fact, I think it's probably – I think it probably was better for me because – especially given the way things have happened for me since then I f- feel almost justified in having done it because now I'm playing with all all people I want to play with you know the point is and to get to your question is that it's probably just be it's because of that I mean I just was not on the scene for a while you know I mean w- I just I just didn't have the I probably still don't I've come, I've come kind of getting better at it. I just didn't have the mental disposition to be one of those guys who would like, you know, like go to jam sessions. I just that's never been my thing going to. I mean, not that I don't want to play with people, but the jam session thing, it's just not for me, regardless of how integral a part of jazz history it is, don't really care, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's just like the whole the whole thing about going and playing about playing behind, you know, seven horn choruses or seven horns solos on taking a 30,000 choruses a piece on a tune. And then I just, it just seemed completely ridiculous to me. Plus, especially then I just didn't, I was probably a little bit more of an introvert anyway. So, I mean, it's just like, I just saw no other option, you know, but to just kind of check out for a while. And it was good because I got into other kinds of music. I just needed, and I probably needed to step back from it anyway. Cause you go to school you know, until you're 18 and then you go to college and then you go to grad school sometimes or whatever. And it's just like there's this path that you're supposed to be on and then sometimes people need to, I think that's why sometimes out of college some people are just like, it's one reason, aside from not being able to find a job, it's like, well, is what I even did right? So anyway, I checked out for a while and then it was, then I started gradually kind of just getting calls, mostly from Ralph Alessi, the trumpet player, Mm -hmm. who was one of my teachers at Eastman when I was there in grad school. I mean, he's basically the reason I know all these people. He was my teacher there, but we'd played a lot when I was in school there. We would play in a quartet, um, often with Shane Ensley, you know, who's a trumpet player, but he would be playing drums. Mm -hmm. I assume you know that he's a drummer. he's obnoxious, yeah. (laughs) He's... He's one of those jerks <laughs> yeah. who's, who's, like... Really good at multiple instruments. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, above average at everything. He's, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, and he's, like, such a nice guy, too. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, you can't even be jealous yeah, of he's
0: him. he's <laughs> pretty, pretty fantastic human being.
1: But anyway, so Ralph, I mean, really, it's just, it's it's because of him. He kept recommending me for things. And so I would get, you know, I would say starting around 2005, it'd be, like, one thing a year here and there, you know. So, and then eventually it was just, like, well... I would say about it was about two years ago, two and a half years ago. I guess what's were we in two twenty eleven? So mm-hmm. two thousand nine. <laughs> I you know I, it was like that was when I was like all right I I need to quit the day job right and actually see see if this is going to actually work if because if it's going to now is the time to find out.
0: Was that as much a logistical thing as anything else? Just you needed yes. the time to be able to tour and.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, I worked at a li- I worked at the library at the University of the Arts and. You in, uh, know, Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're beyond cool about me going and I mean, I would use my vacation time to go and do a tour or whatever. But then there were, it would get to the point where I would, I think once or twice, I you know, I'd, I had used up my vacation time, but they let me, you know, I would just take time without pay. They would kind of, you know, they worked, they they were really accommodating, you know. But then there was a point where it's just it wasn't, I couldn't reasonably ask them to go further with it, you know? So it was, yes, it was logistical. I mean, it was also logistical that I held on as long as, as I did because it's, you know, it was regular money insurance and I was all that say, stuff. There's
0: a lot to be said for health insurance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So I guess the question you asked was about the record or the lack of records. I, I've kind of, I, I was making, there are records from like the early two thousands. They're just, they're just not, I mean, released by, like, I mean, I have a, I have an imprint, or I'm, you know, my friends, I, I guess probably do more of the work for it than I do. Called Scrapple Records, where, right. where I, it's just me and, and a few three three or four good friends of mine who we all were. It's all based on this Philadelphia connection, but then that everyone is spread out now, and we we would we make records. You know, we would we would approach them as records. We just wouldn't press them as CDs, just because we decided at least at that time not to spend a grand or two grand to press cds that most of which are just going to sit in our in our apartments or whatever
0: right. so you made digital only releases as well we made, made or- cdrs too oh, okay.
1: most of which i don't think i i mean i'm i like have one copy of each now right. you know but um and i pro. i mean uh, and i think that's actually i mean i mean i'm proud of all that stuff i mean i still think it's good it holds up i mean it's very specific and it's it's very different from what i'm doing now but i but it's not like i mean it's still definitely me you know i mean i mean i was doing it's a lot of it is like all completely improvised it was either completely improvised music or completely composed music that was like all electronic or or tape loops and that yeah. sort of stuff and it's just aesthetically it's quite different from i mean now i'm more in the jazz world you know than I was then but you know it definitely feels like there's a thread so I mean in a sense there have been records but not not on like say like full-fledged labels I guess yeah. that release you know you know full-fledged CDs as opposed to CDRs rs or, or, or whatever <laughs>
0: And I didn't um, mean my question to sound pejorative. No, either. no, I know I didn't take it that way.
1: I just, I just, I just, just meant n- to
0: contrast it against this age where every every person puts out a record the second they have an idea.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you no, know? I know. <laughs> Which,
0: to be honest, I would like to see less of if I were. Yeah, you know, I mean, if I'm telling the truth.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a sense, yeah. I mean, I could see both sides of it. Yeah, I mean, I can totally. There's look, there is a glut of material, you know, absolutely. I also think there's more good music now than ever. I mean, there's just... It's just more... There are more people. I, I mean, I think... I definitely think there have been golden ages of, of music in the past. But I think when you really... If you really look at it, you know, if you, if you view music as... If you, if you have a pretty broad-minded view of what you think is awesome in music, I mean, you can kind of almost point to anywhere on the timeline and you can find a pretty pretty staggering amount of incredible recorded music you know if you want to hop across genres and that sort of thing
0: and in terms of access to it i mean i i'm totally thrilled to be alive when we are now i mean to just have this amazing kind of global library of music that we can get whenever we want
1: yeah i mean that's one of the good things about itunes is that i've i've seen all sorts of things on there that were just such a pain to find on disc or whatever so i'm just like well whatever it's just worth it to me to just be able to download this now rather than wait, you know, five weeks for it to maybe come used from some guy <laughs> and whether it wondering whether or not it's going to be even a good copy of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For a while, it was just I wasn't sure. I mean, I definitely want I've, I've always thought about making records and I, you know, that's something I always want to do for me for as far as the music I've been composing the past few years. It's only been about now where I'm kind of about ready where the music is ready Um. You know, I've I referred to like 2009 or whatever is when I kind of sort of jumped into the the unknown or the the uh, yawning chasm of professional (laughs) musicianship. It was only around then that I even started to consider writing music for for bands and having a band of my own. So, it's been over the past 12 to 18 months where it's like you know, especially with the music that I've been kind of because this, this really happened also when like people like Tim and Mary Halverson started... Well, Mary, I sort of... We had played together for the first time in one of Tim's um, groups about three years ago. And so that's where we met. And so we kind of hit it off. So I just sort of... she's She seemed, you know, as you've probably talked to her, she's just totally sweet and really receptive. And so I just figured, you know, maybe she'd be interested in playing some of my stuff. And she was enthusiastic, like, right away. And then Tim Tim kind of volunteered once we were talking on the phone... You know, that he would be interested in. We had once read something of mine, so it was just one tune, but I guess based on that, he decided it would be, you know, something he would be into doing. So then I decided, all right, well, I have these people who are willing to do this. I hadn't really considered even doing it. I mean, I've always been writing, but it's like I have this, because we were talking about, you know, writing difficult music earlier, it was like always this thing where it was just. Which I realize, and I've always known that it was difficult. But I give someone right. this piece, and I'll be like, "Well, what's what's so hard about it?" You know. <laughs> and for a while, I just stopped doing it because I just didn't want to. I would just get frustrated. Now I'm just, you know, I'm a little more mature. I would, I'd like to think now, and I realize that it's just not everyone's brain thinks the same way, and so mine just tends to spit out this sort of, for the lack of a better word, this this kind of hard music so I just when I started writing for these guys I just decided well I'm just gonna let it take as long as it takes you know even if it takes a year two years three years whatever for it to be ready I'm not going to just do two gigs and you know two brushed rehearsals and then like spend a bazillion dollars not that I have a bazillion dollars you know <laughs> to make a record fortunately it's at the point where it's like now I'm, I can actually sort of think about yeah I think it's It'll be possible to do. I don't have plans yet, specific ones, but it's just about there. Whether it's this, you know, any there's a few different things that are possibilities for sure. Yeah, you know, that's great. Probably the first thing would be this duo I have with uh, Dan Weiss. I would say that's probably the closest. Actually, we've been trying, we've been talking about doing it. We just. I mean, Dan's one of the busiest drummers ever, you know, so, but it's not just him. It's been, it's me too. It's just like, you know, our schedules then just combined with, you know, all all right, we have a week, but I really just need that week to, you know, hibernate or whatever, Yeah, you know, so, but that'll probably be the first thing.
0: Yeah. Dan and Chess both remind me of you uh, in that way of that combination of, I don't know if these are the right words, but. It feels like a combination of real precision that can at any moment become true freedom. You know, these just incredibly intricate, complex uh, lines and compositional ideas that can then just kind of dissolve or or it not be necessary to adhere to them. And it just becomes this kind of free interplay. And they're drumming both in both those cases, although they're pretty different drummers, I think. But they both remind me, at least conceptually, of that. That idea that's always struck me about your playing.
1: Well, I appreciate that because uh, you know I try to be precise, but sometimes sometimes exploding it can be. Um, I try. To, I try. If I try to like you know drop a bomb on the musical proceedings, I try to have it be because it's the right thing to do and not covering up any sort of imprecision. You know, <laughs> right. um, so. But yeah, that's that's interesting. That's totally true about the, both those guys um, in, in in different ways. For, with Dan it's just like he has this sort of inscrutable way of it, it makes total sense what he's doing but it's like man I just totally would not have thought of that right. you know <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. or he'll play
1: these things that make me want to crack up not because he's trying to be he's not because he's being goofy or anything but just because his just the sort of logic is just like oh my, how how the hell did you think <laughs> of that and how the hell are you playing that or whatever but it, it but he's also not calling attention to his, ver- at least I don't think so He's, I don't think he's calling attention to his virtuosity, you know. You know he would – I know he would strive to not do that, you know. Yeah. Same thing with Chess. For chess's thing is just, you know, I find it even harder to talk about that, what, what that is, you know. Yeah. That's one thing I'm just – I just don't I, – I try not to take for granted. It's just the, the, my good fortune just playing with all these ridiculously good drummers. Yeah, I mean that you duo know?
0: show was a great example. And I was sitting there at the show with a drummer and a non-musician. And both of whom were equally impressed with the show oh. I, and for I think very different reasons uh I think the drummer from a a more technical standpoint mm-hmm. but the non the my non musician friend and me who's somewhere in the middle of those two people uh-huh. uh while I was watching the two of you play, i mean it's just the the interplay is so specific in those pieces, those kind of a two pieces you were talking about right, and yet it doesn't it's it's not specific in a way that renders it lifeless you know in a way that's like oh my god we're hanging on by the skin of our teeth and we just got to hit all these incredibly difficult right. you know <laughs> beats together uh-huh. and thank god it's over now this piece you know <laughs> it never felt like that i mean it felt well, it felt exciting and free and living and you know kind of breathing in the moment but you could also tell it was like hard as shit <laughs> you know to actually get through some of those pieces
1: well that's a thing i i well i appreciate that too i that's i mean i you know Like I said, I'm always going to just try to do what I like to do, but you know that doesn't mean I don't. That doesn't mean I'm indifferent to whether or not people like it, and especially non-musicians. You know, I mean, there are more of them than there are of (laughs) us. You know, not that that would might be my only reason for not for them wanting them to like it, but but you know, I tend to, you know, despite whatever you know whatever mood one is in, I tend to want to, you know, I want to. I like to connect with people you know whether it's verbally or whatever so i mean so it is it is important to me you know i'm not always going to do what i do but it is important to me that other you know that non-practitioners you know like it yeah i mean i can only i can only just say that that's you know credit has to just, just go to the people who take the time to learn this ridiculous music of mine you know i mean i mean i definitely do my best to you know, take care of it on my own end, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be possible without these other guys, you know. Um but I think you know, I think the reason for that is that I mean I'm 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 setting these goals for myself with these little pieces and then it's like okay, I I've achieved them. I, I have the kind of the the other brains whatever I always mix up which side of the brain is yeah, which, you know. I mean whatever that you know <laughs> right. I mean the logical exacting side, you know, I need to execute these things this way after i do that it's it's easier for me to just kind of just bust out and just take it left or you know whatever i mean it just comes you know whatever it just comes from practicing and the the fact of the matter is that actually you mentioned dan and chess specifically they are two specific examples of guys who just have taught me by their example of just how much they practice just the amount of the of how hard they work in terms of you know, preparing and just working on stuff just made me realize, oh, this is like, I'm not, I'm not doing shit here. (laughs) You know, it's like these guys shame me in that respect, you know, in terms of how hard they work on things. And really more what they actually do is just inspire me to, Mm. to actually like, wow, okay, this is actually worth, this has tangible results, you know, so it's possible to work this hard, you know? Yeah. You know, which is something I feel like I'm just still getting a hold on. Not that I've never—I would never say I've not worked hard, but it's just sometimes if you have all this sort of stuff ahead of you that you want to do or in front of you or whatever, it's kind of daunting. It's like, you know,
0: how do I make this these a series of achievable tasks rather than yeah? You know, so it's just yeah. So
1: you just pick one. Really, th- what I realized or what I f- think I've realized is that you just got to pick one thing and just dive in and just do it, and then you know, it has to be enjoyable because you're not gonna. I should say I'm not going to gain anything from it if I don't find it enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's probably true for a lot of people, too. I mean, I can only speak for myself. Yeah. But, you know.
0: Well, my guest is the pianist Matt Mitchell. Uh, I, I've certainly enjoyed getting to hear you play over the last uh, year, I guess, when I started getting a chance to see you. And I uh, hope I'll see you many more times. And I thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That's music from Matt Mitchell. I'm Jason Crane. This is The Jazz Session. The Jazz Session is sponsored by Matt Rock, Murat Verdi, and Nicholas Payton. Please do become a member at thejazzsession.com slash join. And don't forget that the next two people at either the top or middle membership levels, either monthly or yearly, will receive a copy of Anthony Wilson's CD-DVD set, Seasons. So please go to thejazzsession.com slash join and sign up for that. Meanwhile, get out there and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can, and come back next time for another conversation about jazz on the Jazz Session.